Hello, everybody. It's Leslie Jane Seymour here. I'm the founder of Covey Club and also of this podcast called Reinvent Yourself. And we're here to talk today to an interesting way to reinvent yourself. How about reinventing with a sibling? I know to some of you that could be anathema, like, oh my God, the last person I would get into business with is my brother and my sister. But what about when it goes right? And I have a very old friend from publishing, Julie Pinkwater, who left publishing. As you know, publishing is is a challenge these days. Went into real estate and then ended up going into real estate with her sister, Royce Pinkwater. And then her sister had already launched into the drink business while she was, after she became, she was a very successful real estate agent. Um, around the world. You'll hear all about what she did. Um, And then decided that, as she said, reinvention for her is about constantly learning and being challenged and wanting to do something else, as so many of us do. Reinvention isn't always about loss. It can often be about wanting to do something more and stretching yourself. So she got into the drink business um, and then Julie joined her and they have this new business called Oath, O-A-T-H, Life, L-I-F-E dot com. And they're selling oat milk products and plan to go on and do many more things than that. And of course, I'm not expecting that all of you will get into the drink business. But what I think is really interesting is to talk to sisters about how they knew they were right to work together the do's and don'ts of making sure that it's going to work. Why does it work? When doesn't it work? And I mean, as we all know, there are many dreadful stories about families where it doesn't work. And we don't want to talk about those. We want to talk about when it does work. So here we go with Julie and Royce Pinkwater talking about how to make it work as sisters when you're reinventing yourselves together, which is really unique. Hello, hello, Julie and Royce. How are you guys today? We're great. Hi, Awesome. So I think I'll start with Julie since, of course, I know her the best. And um, we, I'd known her as the publisher of Ladies Home Journal when I first got to Moore. But Julie, you'd also done fitness. And before that, you'd been the publisher of Moore, which is where a lot of my listeners come for, from. They were previous Moore readers. What did you love about women's magazines? Um, I loved the connection that you and other editors made with the reader, that you had basically a very personal conversation. And I love that connection. And I love bringing that connection to advertisers. As a publisher, that's what I brought in. And being able to sell to, to advertisers how connected we were with the reader was very, very special for me. And yeah. more, of course, was a labor of love. And did, were you there for the beginning of more or which, which number um, yeah. publisher were you, did you launch? I launched more um, with Myrna Blythe and, and Michael Brownstein at the time. I came in as ad director and within about six to eight months, he made me publisher. Oh. So, um, so that's how it worked. How many years were you at more? Do you remember? Four. Four years. Wow. That's great. Okay. Yeah, such a fondness out there for that magazine. And um, I always have to remind people, I didn't launch it. I wish I had, but uh, it was Myrna. And uh, Everybody who touched it, though, put their personal stamp on it and made it even more special. So when you were there, 
you were there in a different era when things were changing and women were changing and what you did was so special about that. Yeah, different, but still, there's just a, there's still an incredible fondness. And as you know, Covey Club is sort of picking up where more left off and, and moving that conversation forward. And I love the fact that you say it's about connection because that is exactly what Covey's about. So talk a little bit about since 1994, I didn't realize it went that far back that you've been selling real estate at Pinkwater Select with your sister Royce. And Royce, it looks oh, like. So let me, yeah, let me correct the date on that. Um, oh, I, you know, I, Royce and I worked together once before um, at Sotheby's, and I was with her for a short time, and then I launched my publishing career. Mm. And then I joined Royce again about three years ago here at Pinkwater Select. Uh-huh. So, um, the in-between basically was all publishing as well as Univision and other television properties as well. So, um, so I, my career has not been, Royce will tell you about her career in real estate, which is, is mighty and very special. But, um, so my career really was based in, in media. Ah, and then you, did you start out in, um, uh, real estate at all and then segue into media and then come back to real estate or is that just how it looks? That's how it looks. I, I actually started my career on the advertising agency side. Ah, okay. Um, and that's where, you know, I cut my chops basically in the media business. Was there for a long time and then um, was talking to Royce and Royce and I are obviously very, very close. And she said, why don't you join me in real estate? So I did. And um, it was unfortunately a difficult time in real estate. It was a very challenging market. And I ended up meeting somebody from Allure, and they said, why don't you come on board here? And I'm like, well, maybe this is the time for that. And that's how that happened. And then back again, Royce and I were talking, and we decided to partner again. So So talk to me, Royce, a little bit about your career. Have you been at Sotheby's the whole time? You've been in real estate from day one? Uh, I've been in real estate since day one. Um, I I was a senior vice president at Sotheby's. I was the third senior vice president to be named, which was a great honor in those days. And I was there for about 25 years, believe it or not. I couldn't believe it. Uh And there came a time where, you know, the company was going through changes and becoming more corporate in certain ways, which, you know, were were fine. But I felt I wanted to do some things that were more, more inclusive, that weren't just brokerage models, which is what I was doing there. So I decided about four years ago to launch Pinkwater Select, and that was intended to be and it is a boutique agency which does brokerage and development for our clients. And it's been a lot of fun, and I've been able to do things on the development side that I wasn't able to do prior to this. And so it was, you know, it's been great. Also, t- tell Leslie about the global partnership that you created. Oh, us. yeah. So at Sotheby's, um, in the last year or so that I was there, I, I pulled together a group of the the finest brokers in about 25 global and national markets. And many of them were uh, owned Sotheby's licenses and, and they were Sotheby's owners. And then others were from a couple of other extraordinary firms. We wanted to have a team that was the best of the best wherever wherever our clients would go, we would, we would be able to service them at the top of the tree. So, it was, there was nothing like it before. There were like 35 members of the global partnership, which is what I named it. And we were the most powerful real estate team in the world. That was no question. 
and um, you know, it was it was a great achievement, and I was very proud of it. Wow! And so you were selling properties around the world with that group. Is that is that because you were just were yeah, laymen here they, trying to understand what you do? They, I was selling properties in New York. I also sold some properties in London. I sold through my relationships some properties in Miami and so on. Um, the members of the global partnership themselves were experts for their market. So generally speaking, we would work together on clients and they would bring their local expertise and I would bring my expertise about the client or whatever that may be the case. So we partnered on a lot of deals. Hmm, okay. So talk a little bit about... Uh, Pinkwater Select then. What is Pinkwater Select? Because I know that was the last thing that I heard of before we talked about Oath. Right. Okay. So Pinkwater Select, as I said, is a boutique agency. We want we we are very um, uh, mindful about the fact that we want to service our clients from beginning to end. We have clients that have come here through long-standing relationships that we have and you know they have an expectation of excellence and we deliver that so we are you know busy doing working with clients sourcing properties for them you know wherever they may want it we will call a partner just as I did at Sotheby's we'll call a partner in Paris or in London or wherever that may be you know where the client is interested so that we have the finger on what they're doing we have the pulse of what they're doing so something that makes us really unique, um, because you can say, well, what makes you special versus any other real estate right. firm? It's the right. relationship. It is. We have all the tech. We have everything that any real estate company has. But in addition to that, Royce created something which was really special. I mean, you've heard, of course, you've heard that staging. A lot of people are staging their yes. homes now. Yes. Um, and what Royce found and then created from that was that a lot of the staging is subpar in terms of the furniture is not great. And yep. it's also quite expensive. And I know, Leslie, yes. you've gone through real estate time. Yep. where it's taking much longer to sell properties than it once did. Right. So you could be into a staging company for a lot of cash. Right. So what was created, and people love it, it started out really for sellers, is that we would bring in our own people and stage it, and the client would buy the furniture. And we called it, you know, buff and fluff. So it was, you'd have a couple of nice pieces, good pieces, and then a couple of inexpensive pieces. It, what it did was the property sold dramatically much faster sell for more money and what what was what we found in a couple of situations was the buyer actually bought the furniture because it looked so great ah. or if they didn't the, the the it was donated and in donating it you got a tax write-off so it was not a lose 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 uh -huh. we sold a win we sold a 10 million dollar apartment on Fifth avenue and we had this furniture that was buffed and fluff and it was not you know some of it was nice but it was not serious pieces and we were actually surprised, but the buyers loved it so much, they bought everything, everything, wow. everything. And all wow. they did was they redid some things on the floor, they did a little painting, and that was that. It, they literally, so we called it Pink Water Select Turnkey. And we now do it also for buyers. We have buyers that come in from other markets that don't have the time or the energy to do it because they, they and if you look on our website, you'll see the level of work that we do. The look and feel of it is so beautiful that they're like, do it for us. And we do technology, everything. So it's a, okay. it's, a, it's a terrific add-on, as Julie said, and it's something that generally people don't do. Now, you know, there are real estate companies who are actually staging properties and paying for it in advance uh, of, of, um, of, of a person selling it, hoping that they get the money back. I mean, because it is a very difficult market right now, but 
the way we presented properties and how we did them, people could walk in and see exactly how they would feel in that property. You know, they were so pretty. And so, of course, it just expedited everything. Interesting. Is it that people, the, most of the staging is too generic? Because everybody's forcing you to do staging today. Yeah, a lot of the staging is furniture that the staging company has moved around to 10 different projects. So they just try to fit it into the space. They don't, they don't choose things necessarily absolutely for the space. The other thing is they may be dirty. They may be marked. They may be mixed. You know, they're uh -huh. not perfectly new pieces of furniture. This is uh -huh. their inventory and this is what they do. Okay. So at, at the end of the day, you end up with something that looks sort of half and half, you know, kind of almost like you sort of left your furniture there, but didn't fill it up really. So, you know, a stage property very often lacks the coziness also and the extra pieces that make something feel like a home versus, you know, a stage set that doesn't have anything personal in it. So we also, you know, get those little pieces that look like, you know, the owner of a home has selected them. And, and it just has a completely different, much more personal feel. People walk in and they really feel they're in, they're in a home that they can visualize living in. So it's a different feeling, plus the fact that because the sellers are not paying these exorbitant staging fees and they're actually buying the furniture, at the end of the day, if the buyer does not want to buy the furniture, which Julie mentioned does happen, right. they still have the opportunity to sell it and or donate it. So right. it's much more financially uh, advantageous yeah. to them to do it this way. Okay. Or donate it for a tax write-off, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, so let's talk about the beverage company on top of that. Um, right. well, first let's, well, first let's talk about Pinkwater Select Women for Women. You guys have so many things going on that it's hard to get to everything. Talk about Women for Women, because I know you invited me to a bunch of these um, networking events that you were doing. Are you still doing Women for Women? Yes. Yes, we are. Okay, talk a little so bit about that. No, it was interesting, Leslie. The way we did this is that when I joined Royce, we decided, you know, I was thinking, what can I bring to this party? Well, what is it that I do or my background does? And so I said, you know, why don't we start meeting with bankers and lawyers and architects and see if we could have, get a, like, robust referral relationship going. And we met with a lot of people, and they were all terrific, but there was something very different about the women. The women were immediately, oh, I want to introduce you to so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. They wanted to, again, my Kobe, create more and more connections. Yep. So I said, Royce and I said, there's something to this. And we realized that women not just have the desire, but have the drive and the need, in a sense, to connect to other women. Yes. So we decided that we would put this group of wonderful women together who were in various fields, whether it was, again, your field, or in um, law, or in um, finance. Um, we even have a couple of doctors, and um, we put it together and said we started out with just a small little cocktail party, and we saw that there was a real drive that people really wanted to talk to each other. We did take a little page out of your book, my dear, and did it. Yeah, it was your book as well as Investment Advice, and said, let's introduce and talk, you know, a couple of minutes, and then it just kept evolving and we realized that women really wanted to help other women. So yep. we created a platform where women could talk to each other about what their ask was. It yes. wasn't just introducing because that became generic. Yes. Once they introduced how many times can you introduce it was, 
what's your app? It was like, you know, I'm in, I'm a freelancer and I would love to be doing more work here. And, and you had right. women in all these other businesses. We definitely had decorators and, and, um, and designers there too. So we showed their work. And then eventually we even did a couple of dinners where we had guest speakers to talk about, one was about women in finance and, and finance and your children. So we, we've evolved it a lot. Um, and it's about, I don't know, anywhere from 150 women. And as you know, everyone gets busy. So probably 40 show up at any given time. Yeah. Um, but it's been a very interesting journey. And the other interesting thing about it is that offline, a lot of these women have connected with each other and have referred each other business. So oh, that's that great. was one of our, you know, that was one of our goals. And it was happening, even though many times we weren't aware of it until after the fact, but we were always so delighted. So it was, it, it was a very empowering, you know, we, we you know, uh, She Is Here is an empowerment group and it empowered the women who attend. Yes. And that so is, we're very, it's we're, amazing. We're proud of it. Now, were yeah, you doing it? What did it have to do with real estate? Were you doing it in available apartments so they could also see the apartments, or what? Did was there? You any know, that's so. That, that's such a smart question of you that, that you asked. So we have a lot of relationships, and I have going back a long time a lot of relationships with developers who have model apartments that you know they're that are on the market for sale. So what we have been able to do is. Um, access their best apartment, their penthouse apartment uh -huh. that's already, you know, styled and furnished and all of that and hosted our parties there. So it's been wonderful for the women in our group because they're in these beautiful environments. Very right? sexy. You know, yeah, it's just, it's, it's just really extra special that, that, that we can offer that to them and they love it because they see apartments that they never would have necessarily seen and it's, it gives the whole atmosphere it's very elevated. It's very, it, it's very festive and it's very beautiful. Did you sell any apartments to anybody? Uh, we've gotten close. There, there's one okay. that we're still talking to that, that seems to be very interested in, in one of them. Oh, so, good. Uh, okay. Yeah. So it has a business point of view too. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. And it's great for the developer because the developer gets in front of a lot of people right. who wouldn't normally see it. That's and, right. You know, sometimes it's not about just buying it. It's about telling friends who might be looking. That's right. That they that's just right. saw this amazing apartment, you know, and they, yep. they want to recommend it and so on. And that has happened too, I'm certain. Yeah, because otherwise it's just sitting there empty and no one even knows it's there. So it's totally brilliant to use it for other purposes. Makes total sense to me. So let's talk about, so Royce, you are the founder and CEO of Bonta, which is, or Bonta, which is a plant-based all natural, low calorie beverage. So how the heck did you get from real estate into the beverage market? And then well, you guys segue together into Oath, which is another beverage thing. So you have to explain all that. Right, right. Okay, so I will try to be as succinct as possible. Yes, um, succinct. <laughs> you know, during, during the latter years in my real estate career, I mean, I, I, I loved my career in real estate. I was very proud that I was one of the top people in the industry. And I did every, I, I, I did, broke every record, did every landmark deal that, that could be done. And at a certain point, you know, I felt I wanted to go on to, to other challenges as well. So reinvention. <laughs> yes. It reinvention, not because I was losing something. I've always approached reinvention as just another level of my learning and another level of something that would interest me as a challenge. I just feel yeah. that, you know, doing the same thing for your whole life yep. 
it's just not what I'm about. Some people yeah. do, and it's yep. fine, but it doesn't suit yep. me. Yep. So I, I knew a number of people in the beverage world. I know, I knew, as, a, as, as is still true, that it is one of the most challenging areas you can ever imagine getting into. There's an enormous amount of competition. And, you know, before you go into it, you have to be sure that you have something that no one else has and that people want. So we started with Volta. Then, you know, the, as we all know what's happening now, many of us know what, you know, the revolution that oat milk has created. So um, a lot of people were introduced to oat milk through baristas and a brand called Oatly. And, you know, it turns out that it is really the, the best plant-based milk that's out there. So uh, through another colleague in the industry and through food scientists and the NYU School of Nutrition and, you know, uh, uh, chefs and lots of people that, that were involved in the creation, I first started with the creation of an oat milk, an organic oat milk, which believe it or not, is maybe there's one or two out there. The biggest brands are not even organic, which is in this day and age, so important to people. And then we decided because oat already has six grams of protein in it. And so in every 12 ounce bottle, we already had a decent amount of protein. And we knew that people, you know, more and more want to drink protein drinks to, to add the protein to their bodies that they're not getting in their normal day in and day out diets. And then there are specific people that use it for working out and all kinds of other things. So we, simply shifted uh, the oat milk into what is the first and only um, uh, organic oat milk and plant protein drink. And it has 15 grams of plant protein and, um, uh, and 16 in some. So uh, whereas, you know, Bonta appealed to a different audience, which was, which was great. Um, I did feel uh, ultimately that the potential of this oat milk protein drink had enormous po potential because it was new and it was cutting edge and it was what people want today. And the, the, I'm, I'm very proud to say, and you know, Julie has joined me in this project also, you know, after we founded it and worked on it and so on, she saw that it was you know, really a very, you know, a very interesting project that had a lot of legs. So we are, we've been on the market for one month. We have, we're, we're in well over 200 stores. We're wow. in the New York area and the Mid-Atlantic. And now we're starting to distribute in California. So, and, and part of the success, the success of distribution has to do with reorders. So we are already seeing very robust reorders, which of course makes other distributors interested in, in distributing us as well. So there was one person that we heard about just the other day who shopped at a store called Health Nuts. Health Nuts is a very well-known, you know, organic chain store in New York. And this person is buying cases of oats. <laughs> and, you know, it was just a wonderful thing. This is how brands are grown and born. You know, you have one person and one person tells another person and yes. so on. And of course we have many people now drinking the brand but you know what we always want is to have someone who loves it and wants it in their refrigerator at all times and those are the people that buy it by the case and so it's happening we're we're, we're very excited about it we already you know what what the next flavor is going to be but you know basically it's a it's a very very functional drink starting with the oat milk itself and then we add other ingredients that are very functional as well as 
taste amazing. So, you know, normally when you drink these protein drinks, <coughs> excuse me, they, they, they don't taste very good. Right, they have a exactly. lot of artificial sweeteners in them and right. they have a certain unpleasant taste. We wanted to get very far away from that. We wanted to create a product that was extremely functional and extremely delicious, which is also something that just is not out there. So we're very proud of what we can deliver to people at this point. And, you know, the, the calories are right, the, the protein grams are right, everything is working in the strength. So it's right. Julie might want to add some other things, but it's, it's I'm going to wait for Leslie to ask his other question. Yeah, so what my listeners are going to want to learn about is, what's it like to work with your sister? Did you guys get on? Were you like kumbaya sisters as kids? And no. how is it? No, what so are, be honest, what's the good part no, no, and what's well, the bad part? As, as children, we were not close. We got close in our, like, early 20s, I would guess, right? Yeah. Early and mid-20s. And, that, and our lives changed dramatically. And, you know, it's what is, okay, the mo- one of the most wonderful things about working with a sibling that you love, obviously, there are siblings that don't like each other, right. is that there is ultimate deep, deep, deep trust that you know you know, as I, I would jokingly say when we are introduced to people, is the only people who know us longer than each other are our parents. Right. Um, and so, you know, sort of almost everything about somebody, the good, the bad, and the ugly, but at right. the same time, there's an unbelievable level of trust. I know, no matter what, if I get mad at her, she gets mad at me, that we're family. You know, that, that line, blood is thicker than water, it is absolutely true. And I know that she has my back, and she knows I have her back. So, we both have our best interests at heart. So, that's the great part. And we also, you know, you're, we grew up in the same household. So there's a lot, there's, there's things that we understand about one another and our reactions. I mean, you know, everybody comes with their own like bugaboos, right? Yeah. So she'll have a reaction to something. And I know where that comes from based on childhood and vice versa. Uh-huh. You uh-huh. know, what would be, whether it's humor or something that is irritating to one of us can be stuff that's just part of your history, which I wouldn't say a stranger doesn't know. Um, I would say, you know, when you are launching a business, there's a lot of joy, there's a lot of work, yep. and there are days that are really, really, like, you want to put your head down on the desk, yes. and if you're working with a stranger, you could sort of say, fuck this, excuse me, screw this, and I'm walking away from it, whereas you can't do that with your sister. That's a, I would say that's the challenging part, is that you are committed to one another, um, and so that's great on uh, on one day it's fantastic on another day when you like sort of like oh my god this has been a tough day it's right. not great because right. you know that you are and you're, you're held to a standard by one another that's great i'd love to add to what julie said which is all absolutely right i would say too that as a sister because we know each other so well we know each other's skill sets very well mm-hmm. and so we don't have the same skill set which is wonderful you know mm-hmm. i bring one thing to the party julie brings mm-hmm. something else Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very well we you know our skill sets are very complementary so you know I would say that you know it's a very powerful partnership because we don't duplicate in any way we you know Julie covers this I cover that that's her her talent I have other talents and so it's it is it is really great because you could search far and wide for somebody to hire or to partner with that, that wouldn't be nearly as good as the person who's sitting right next to you for your whole life. So, but I will say that not necessarily siblings always have different skill sets. We happen to be very lucky. No, we happen to be. Yeah. Um, right. And recognize that. And, and, and I think that 
a really important part about that, um, and maybe it's because of siblings or not sisters, is that we respect the differences. In uh -huh. other words, I don't expect Royce to do the things that I do and vice versa. Like she'll say, I'd like your opinion on this, and I'll say, you can have it, but this is your baby, which is really fine. And right. she'll come to me and say, how should we handle blank situation? Because you know that's not, that's not where my brain is. So it, it ends up being very, um, very powerful combination. And the other thing I'll just add to it, which is completely obvious, but sometimes stating the obvious, you know, we're a woman-founded and led company, which is something that is of great interest to people these days and, and should be. So we, we bring our energy. We also obviously work with men who are fantastic as well. We're not exclusive. But, you know, being a woman-founded and led company today is very important to investors and very important to people in general. Right. And I think, Leslie, I'll say is that Royce and I, again, because all that history, all, you know, the affection, all that, we can play. In other words, so when we launched this, this product at Rainforce, which is our distributor, we were asked to come in along with a billion other brands to present and to present our brand. And I think it was so clear the chemistry between the two of us, and we were very playful during it. And the response was, because again, these, these people, and again, these are people going into stores and trying to sell the product. So they've had a, this is seven o'clock at night, and they've been in the office since seven o'clock in the morning. And the last thing they wanted was another, you know, it sounds like Charlie Brown's mother. And um, we were playful and they really enjoyed it. And the response that we got back was they're terrific and they're fun. And, you know, that and they were laughing and they were clapping, which we knew because there were six other brands presenting that nobody was getting that reaction right. because we, we saw what was happening. So, you know, there's something very um, appealing about, what we have to offer and how we communicate with each other. And some people think we look very, very much alike and some people <laughs> don't. But a lot of, there's definitely family, like when you say we're sisters, they're like, oh yeah, I see that now. Okay. So when you're giving, um, when you're giving, you know, advice to people about launching with a sister or sibling, what would you say? I mean, it so happens, it sounds like it's working for you guys, but what would have been a stop sign that would have said, no, it might not work and you wouldn't want to put that relationship at risk? Because we do the hear real, many terrible stories about family right. businesses that break up over, you know, X, Y, Z, they start fighting. I mean, this is, you know, it's a very common thing. Yeah. And in fact, in our family, we had that situation. Oh, you yeah, did? Billions okay. Not, yeah, with, not, with, not, not with us. Yeah. Right. But with our father and um, our mother's brother. So it was a brother-in-law brother situation, and, and, it, and it really tore the family apart. So we, were, we are acutely aware of how bad it can be. So when Royce and I started sitting down and talking, we, we had a couple of dinners where, before we started, and we, had, we talked about it. So we have to be really honest with each other if something's wrong. We can't, you know, like, you know, that old adage with, with your spouse, you can't go to bed angry. Yes. We sort of have adopted the same thing to make sure. But I will tell you that a challenge that, you know, other siblings may have is you do bring, you bring all that baggage. We, we, I don't know if you want to call it baggage, all that stuff. You bring all your childhood stuff with you, you know, so that. Yes. So you have to, you have to know that you like and respect each other as people beyond just your sibling. And it doesn't even, frankly, I mean, it's something that we, 
take for granted because Julie is my sister and I'm her sister. But on a day-to-day basis, it's, you know, we're colleagues. And, um, you know, I think that's, that's the most important thing of all. And, you know, the fact that we have similar interests and complementary skill sets is the most important thing in my mind for Oath because we both bring a lot of value to it which, uh, you know, which, which makes the product better, you know, which makes the company better. I think that's, you know, really important. I also think that there's, um, because we're sisters and because people see how close we are, that people are respectful about how they, you know, when companies are starting out, it can be, they're, they're, again, there's a lot of joy, there's a lot of laughter, and but there's a lot of tough days too. Right. And I think that, having understanding how aligned that she and I are, that it's a better experience for people working with us, but it's all because they understand there's not, there's not, there's not backbiting and right. infighting exactly. and things like that. Yeah. There's something much more pleasant about the atmosphere here, which, you know, in this day and age, it's very challenging, yes. you know, especially yes. with startups, you know, all scratching and grabbing and trying yeah. to trying yeah. to get it's very very stressful so we're able to sort of give a calming atmosphere to people who you know they, they, they haven't they haven't necessarily experienced that before and it brings out the best in them as well so let's end I would, our I would dis- say the biggest challenge I would say the biggest challenge for Roy is that I eat stupid snacks and it's, <laughs> and it's not so crazy. I eat popcorn and it's she it into the office. I'm like, why am I eating this? It's Julie's fault. So every, okay. every pound lo- I get blamed for every pound gained and I get no credit for any pound loss. Okay. I'll get credit if there ever is a pound loss. So in or in closing, because we've reached our half an hour, what are the two things that you can suggest for people out there who want to go into business with a sibling, maybe it might be a sister, might be a brother, might be a cousin, possibly someone in the family. What are the two things that they should be absolutely sure of ahead of time and don't do? Like, what are the do's and don'ts? Like, if you see X, back away, this is not the right, not the right thing. And if you see why, this is the right thing. Is there, is there anything like do's and don'ts that you can give us? Uh, I'll, t- I'll try to take a beginning crack at this. Um, to me, it's about your interests in general and your talents in general. You know, I don't think the best approach is to say, I want to create a business with my sister and what would that be and what would we do? I- I'm not sure that's the best thing because it may not be the best combination. Your knowledge may not be aligned. Your interests and your skill sets may not be aligned. So in some ways, I feel Julie and I happen to be sisters. The fact that we're sisters is a major plus. But if she had no interest in this business, she, that, wouldn't, that wouldn't be a good combination. If I expected something different or wanted something different, that wouldn't be a combination. So what I'm trying to say is that First and foremost, I think your interests and your goals have to be aligned. Then if you happen to be siblings, you have to utilize that as a strength, not as a not as something that gives you the right to fight with your partner or whatever it is. You know, you you are there to support each other because you love each other. So don't start out looking for don't start out looking for a business with a sibling. If you have a business idea and it happens to be something they're interested in. And your talents are 
complementary but not necessarily overlapping or conflicting, that might be something to consider. Is that correct? That is what I'm saying. Yep. Okay. And to build on that, in terms of, let's say, it all comes to be, I, the do's are be very, very clear, be very clear with each other of what your expectations are and what you see in each other that you think would make the business work. And if you're not aligned, if there are different expectations or one sees themselves as superior to the other one, that's a, that's a go. That's just go. Um, so it, there has to be, you have to make sure that there's a deep mutual respect for each other's desires, goals, and everything else. So I think that that and talent and talent. So I think that that's a very very important thing. And we actually um, met someone who was working with her brother. In fact, she has um, she has a shampoo company. I'm sure you end up knowing her. What's the name of the company? You know this one. Anyway, anyway, so. Um, I think they work really well together also, but I think that there is a much bigger separation in what they do from one another. I think one runs really one part of the business and the other one runs the other part of the business, and they don't interact as much. So um, you have to be also very sure that you can be with that family member every day. I mean, you know, yesterday right. someone, I said oh, I haven't talked to Roy all day today. Right. And our creative director was like, are you kidding? You people talk all the time. Uh -huh. <laughs> I need a five-minute personal thing. <laughs> right. So it's, it's, um, it's really important that you liking one another and respecting one another and understanding that you may be spending more time with that person, as you know, and more than you spend with anybody else. And also with family dinners together, you've got to feel comfortable with them. Did you sit down and write these things out? Because a lot of people might say, oh, yeah, um, we love each other. And then you find out that you have conflicting. Did you actually sit down and pencil it out somehow so you could see on paper that you were going to do this, she was going to do that? Um, no, it evolved. It evolved. It was, uh, it was definitely more organic, I would say yeah. that. You know, it was, um, uh, in, in both instances as it happened, it could have worked the other way. I was doing something and, and Julie got interested in it. And, mm -hmm. you know, it was clear to me that she could make a tremendous contribution. And so it was already a formed concept. And, and the way you really started was Royce, I, I, when I went into real estate, this time around, I went to Douglas Elliman, and then Royce said, well, why are you doing that? We should be partners. And we were clear in terms of what our roles, how our roles would be different at that time. So that partnership started. So we were already working together for like a year and a half, I guess. And then this concept came up. And then I, I did not start with her from the very beginning of this. And then eventually it was like, you know, I could really... I think I can contribute. She said, I know you can contribute. And so it happened that way. So we already had really tested the waters for a while. So, okay. um, and I had a very specific idea of what I thought Julie would be great at. And, um, you know, I, I believe that I, it is proven out to be true. Okay. And, you know, I think that she has a respect for me for where I'm strong. And, you know, we, we just happen to be a good combination. Okay, great. Well, ladies, thank you so much. On that note, we're going to conclude. And thank, thank you, Leslie. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Leslie. We thank want, and you. remember, you're supposed to come to town for us to take you out to lunch and be a product. Awesome. Oh, yes, that Great. Is, that is most important. Right. Fantastic. Thank you, ladies. Thank you okay. so much. Pleasure to be talking to you. So I want to thank everybody for joining us 
on Reinvent Yourself with Leslie Jane Seymour. I'm Leslie Jane Seymour. I am the founder of CoveyClub.com and of this podcast. I hope you enjoy this story and I hope that it gives you ideas of how you might reinvent yourself in a new way or a new partner or a new way to look at what you're doing. I mean, how do you go from real estate to the drink business? The point is you can do anything you set your mind to and it doesn't matter where you started. So if you enjoyed this podcast, I hope you will give us a rating, give us five stars, put us out there, give us a comment. That is how other people find us. Please subscribe. And I hope that you will come over to cubbyclub.com and join us there as well. We've revamped the site. It looks really beautiful. You can find things better. We have a search button. Who knew that you could have made me a site, a content site the first time around for a year and a half without a search button. And even stranger, I didn't notice it until a reader pointed it out like six months into it. But these are the things you learn as you reinvent yourself from being a corporate cog to a individual person. And as you know, we are a single proprietor business. And so we appreciate anything you can do to help get the word out there. And if you like reinvent yourself, please share it with friends who you think might enjoy it and point people toward us. That is how other women or men can find us and learn about us. So thanks a lot. Come join us at CoveyClub.com also because we've got a great new Covey Connect app where you can meet women from around the world who are just like you, who are continuing to learn, who are continuing to reinvent and feel this is the best time of their lives. Until next time, see you later.